0: Happy Sabbath, church family. Happy Sabbath. All right. All right. It's good. It's good. So good to see you here this morning. Yes. Uh, Lord is good. Yes. All, the all the time. All the time. He's a good God. He's a good God. I was truly blessed all this week just to be here and uh, enjoying the children, enjoying the VBS program. I want to thank uh, Sister Small and her VBS team. And uh, it was truly a wonderful time. Got to meet some of the parents and uh, just just spend some good quality time with the church family. Uh, We enjoyed it, uh, me and my wife. We were thoroughly blessed. Um, I do want to say, um, let me come a little bit closer here. Um, that we, we are currently uh, in deep prayer on behalf of our sister and her family, Sister Skinner. Um, got an opportunity to visit with Roy before he died. Um, what, I heard, what I heard about him, it was just amazing. This, this was a man of God Amen. who was diligent about making sure that Christ's bride, his church, was well looked after. Amen? Amen. And so, yes, he's sleeping right now, uh, waiting that trumpet call. Right. And so, uh, let's invite the church family, continue to pray for the Skinner family. And um, I'm sure we'll pass on information to you as soon as we get them in regards to um, uh, any funeral arrangements. All right? July 9th is a date I want you to keep in mind. Um, uh, w- the weekend, actually, of July 9th, of Friday, Sabbath, and of Sunday morning. Um, as you know, I'm, 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 I'm very fresh here. I'm still new. Uh, I, I really want to get to know you more, but uh, uh, during that period of time, I know people already have their summers already blocked out, but just in case you haven't made that final plan yet, if you could just hang around for that weekend, I'd really appreciate it. I'd love to have some quality time with the church family, all right? And so, we'll we'll give you more information, uh, um, uh, especially next week, and just update you as we get closer. But just remember that weekend, July 9th, a very important time for our church. All right. Well, I see we have it on the screen there. Thank you so much. Today, we continue our series uh, where we are looking at investing in discipleship for eternity. Organizing for maturity and multiplication. That's our whole goal here. I, I, I see clearly in our guiding text where Jesus taught about being a disciple. Can you hear me clearly? No, it's not very clear. Not very clear. Um, okay. Uh. Sure. Oh no, no, no. I, I tell you what—it's not my preference, but I'll—I'll I'll go to the to the mic here. I'll, I'll just use this. Yeah. So today. I'd like to speak on the topic abiding branches. Abiding branches. And our key text is found in John 15, verse 10. That's John 15 and verse what? 10. 10. In fact, verse 1 to 10, I'll read it and you can follow me as well. Verses 1 through to 10. John 15. Verses 1 through to 10. The Bible says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, Jesus said. And my father is the the vine dresser, or the husband, man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he does what? Take it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he pruneth, or purges, purgeth it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. Ye that abideth in me, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what he will, and I will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that he beareth much fruit, so shall he be my disciples. As a father hath loved me, so have I what? loved you. Continue ye my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Time alone with Jesus is the most precious commodity we possess as disciples and it should be your top priority. The best way to understand the word "abide" in the word is time spent with Christ. Amen. Abide in branches. Let us pray. Our Father, once again we we come. Into your presence, seeking a word from you, Father. We have enjoyed the singing. We have enjoyed uh, the, the, the the praying, and 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 we are so filled, Father, with. Your generosity, uh, and it gives us, it moves us to give back generously to you, which is an act of worship. You have heard our prayers. Father, you you know our concerns. In the name of Jesus, I just ask that you would just bless your people. Those who are mourning, uh, Father, we ask that you bring comfort to them especially to the Skinner family at this time. Those father who are here present and and watching online who are in need of a miracle within their life and their circumstances, I pray, Lord, that you you would just reach down from heaven and do something for them that which they can't do for themselves. Father, in the name of Jesus, dear people here today, We're going through some form of sickness, some form of addiction, some form of family intervention that's needed from above. Father, I pray that you would make haste and that you would meet these needs according to your will and your mercy. Father, I commit all that I am into your hands. I willingly surrender all my faculties over to you, and ask, Father, that you teach me as you teach your people. May, we, as we hear your words collectively this, this morning, may we not only be edified by them, but may we all be transformed in the process into the likeness of Christ. We thank you for what you're about to do, and now we ask that your spirit will guide and lead and bless, for we ask it in Jesus' name amen abiding branches my, 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 my little pulpit here keeps getting shorter and shorter <laughs> abiding branches I imagine as the author John Johnson as he taught the thought about the the rat race that we live in today that we call our society Uh, that he penned these words he said this is the age of the half red page and the quick hash and the mad dash the bright night with the nerves tight, the plane hop with the brief stop, the lamp tan, the lamp tan in short span, the brain strain, the heart pain, and the cat naps till the spring. Snaps. We're in such a society that is always on the move. Always on the move. I imagine that's what, that's what caught Henry Theodore when he said, as if it is as if you could kill time, get rid of time, but you realize you can't without injuring. Eternity. Jesus is speaking to his disciples here on the fateful Thursday night. The fateful Thursday night. Before he would be crucified. He was having the Passover meal with his disciple, And lo and behold, this was his last supper. You see in John 14 he told them, Let not your heart be what? Troubled. Trouble. Mm-hmm. Ye believe in God, believe also in, in, me. in me. In my father's house. Yes. there what? Yes. I go to prepare a f- place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will what? Can you imagine the disciples? You're leaving? I mean, we're just getting to know you real well. Where are you going? Yes. If you had the opportunity to give your last words before you left planet Earth, what are some things that you would make sure that you share with those you love? This was on the mind of Jesus. He wanted to make sure he, 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 he left his disciple. His disciples, a message that will help them in the time that he was not there. Jesus was very, very, very specific when it comes to what he wanted his disciples to learn and to embrace when he was not going to be there. And so in John 15, he shared with them the most important aspect of being a disciple. He spent three and a half years. Sitting with them. Laughing with them. Praying with them. Weeping with them. They got to learn so much about Jesus. Intimately. He was grooming them. He was preparing them for the future. Life without him. And now this fateful these faithful hours were just slipping away, but he wanted to make sure he left something with them that will prove to be eternal. What is this that he was trying to get across, trying to communicate? This was the the the, 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 the thought and the power of abiding abiding. He shared with them this, this, this concept of abiding that would prove to be so critical to their relationship with God and with their world. He shared with them the secret of success. He shared with them the thing that would help them to gain victory over sin, victory over depression, A victory over anger and and victory over over addictions. He wanted to leave with them something that would be power. Didn't want them to forget it. And so he made sure he used the word abide in this short statement ten times. Abide, abide, abide all the way. He was putting emphasis there that night on this word abide. Because he knew it was the secret of their success going forward. Victory over appetite. Victory over fornication and adultery. Victory. He also shared with them the thing that will cause them to enable them to, to reproduce themselves. And multiply themselves. The way they could grow as disciples and conquer the the, the Mediterranean was through this one process called abiding. And then to cement its priority and its importance in the life of a disciple, Jesus, as he often does, that word and framed it into an illustration. You know, Jesus just loved telling parables and he loved to teach with illustrations. You know why? Because Jesus' mindset was this I'm going to make it so simple. I am going to connect earthly things with heavenly things so that you won't have an excuse. You'll be able to know exactly what I'm trying to get across to you so therefore you won't have a question and so Jesus now uses the illustration of a vineyard with a wine with a wine dresser a vine dresser and, 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 and with a vine you remember that we talked about that last week and then with the branches and and then with the fruits he, he, he knew that then you Everything about this process, they lived it, they ate from it. They were, they were farmers doing the same thing. And so they know exactly what he was talking about. And so he uses the illustration of a vine, a vineyard, to communicate to them the importance of abiding. The Greek word there translated to abide, it really means to remain, to stay. To stay. In fact, it's a word that is totally against life today. Our world today is is always on the go, as I said. We are constantly doing things. We're constantly on our phones. Wherever we go, we have it. We have to be doing something. We, We have to be listening to something all the time. Come to think of it, I am not the only ADD person here in this chapel today. We all have some kind of uh, attention deficit, correct? Where we always have to be doing something uh, to occupy the space and the time. To find ourselves being alone with no phones... No devices, no Wi-Fi, no sports, no friends around. This is pure torture. And as the, as, the world says, as the world says, and I'm sure you have heard of this term, time is money. We can't slack in any way because that's going to cost. So we have to keep what? Going and going and going. And that is why Jesus had to bring his disciples together and taught them the value of abiding. Of being alone with Christ, which would bring forth the true power they need In order to live this life. There are three observations from this text. I want to. When it comes to abiding. That I like to share. And then there are three lessons. And we'll close for the day. Three observations. Uh, Just remember. That Jesus is in in a vineyard illustration. The vine dresser. And the vine. They are one. Do you remember that? Because Jesus said the vine dresser is the who? Father. And I am the vine. So now the vine dresser, when he comes to the vineyard, he's not looking at the vine. His attention and focus is not on the vine. Because they are one. His attention as the vine dresser is on what? the branches remember he's not even looking at the fruits he's first looking at the branch he's coming and he's going through and he's checking the health of the branch to make sure that it's thick enough that it can support the weight of the coming fruit he's looking for all kind of diseases that might be on the branch so he can remove it he's inspecting it and when he's ready he will prune the branch so that it will grow more branch and more branches create more what fruit his attention is on the branches so that's why Jesus said we are the branches our attention father and myself is on you we want to make you healthy we want to make you strong because we alone can help you to bear fruit Their focus is is just simply on the branches. Uh, Jesus' purpose is is to grow healthy branches that can bring the nourishment or the sap to the fruit. Healthy branches that can support the weight of the fruit and healthy branches that can reproduce itself so that they can bear much fruit. My first observation in reading this text is simply this. That branches are totally dependent on the vine. Completely. Look at the text. Go to verse 4. Go to first verse 4 with me. We're still in John 15. Verse 4 says, As the branch cannot what? Bear fruit of it. We cannot bear fruit of ourselves. Listen, we cannot become better people. By following all kinds of worldly knowledge and way to improve ourselves. Those things just make us more selfish and make us think that we're better than the other person. Jesus saying, you cannot improve your life for eternity except for me. Without me, you cannot be a fruit. Without me, you will never get rid of that anger. You will never be able to put away that pornography. Without me, you can do absolutely nothing. A branch that's disconnected from the the vine withers and is burnt. There's no life within it when it's not connected. It's total dependence when it comes to branches. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. For without me, how much can you do? Without me, without the vine, you can do nothing. I mean, you can, have the, the, you can have three, four, five, six, seven, eight PhDs. That means nothing to the building up of character into heavenly Christ-likeness. The branch needs a sap from the vine in order to thrive. In other words, Who is the source? The branch or the vine? The vine is the source. We are dependent upon all that Jesus brings to our lives. In fact, Jesus in John 5 verse 19 made this statement. Then look look at Jesus. uh, The greatest example of what it means to live a life as a branch. The Bible says in John 5 verse 19, then Jesus answered them saying, "Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Can you imagine that? Yes. This is the king of glory who submitted himself under the power of the heavenly father. He says, I can do nothing of myself. In fact, there are times when Jesus would say, the word that you see me doing is not I who do them, but it's the father who does them through me. He's setting the example to his disciples that they cannot do nothing. They cannot accomplish anything of eternal significance except that it comes through the vine. Look at Jesus on that fateful day in the garden of Gethsemane. Look at him with the weight of sin and burden all upon his shoulder. Look at Matthew 26, verse 39, the Bible says, and he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, my father. There in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, if it is possible, let this cup, what, pass from me, yet, not as I will, but as you will. Do you see the heavenly father here uh, 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 just receiving the dependence of the son upon him? Jesus lived a life completely dependent upon the father. And he's trying to give an example what it's like to live a life as a disciple. What, What it means to live a life being a branch. Number one, it means total dependence upon God. For everything. For everything. In Matthew 8 verse 3. Jesus Jesus said. I say to you. Unless you are converted. And become like little what? Children. You will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become like what? A little child is completely dependent upon their parent parents. And Jesus is saying, this is what it means to be a disciple. This is what it looks like to be a branch. And I have my eyes on you. Because this is what I need, especially in these last days for my people. But what are we experiencing today? We are experiencing the complete opposite. Even in the church. We're experiencing a lifestyle where people. Thrive all through their lifestyle. They're taught by parents. And they're taught by people to become self-sufficient. Go ahead and get all the education you can. And that is good. Nothing is wrong with that. But, but, but it's how it is shared. It's a worldly influence. Go and get all the education you can. So you can get all the financial resources that you can. So therefore, you can now be able To satisfy and take care of your own life. Go ahead and build life so you won't need anything from man or even from God. Self sufficiency, Ellen White calls it the curse of this time, it's a curse. No, no, no. God is not saying that, that people shouldn't thrive to make sure they have what they need to take care of their needs. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about living a life as if he doesn't exist. And building up the Tower of Babel within our life. So we're, if God should try to bring down water to flood this earth, the water won't touch us because we're so high. Many people are trying to get as high as they can to sustain life. Without the help of man and God. When God is ready, he just brings confusion and he tears it all down. Jesus tells a story like this. He tells a story like this about a man. A man who, who, whose ground, his field, became very plentiful. Jesus said. And he, he, when the man saw all this crop, Sister Janet, he saw all this crop. He said to himself... What shall I do? I mean, since I have no more room, no more land to grow any more crop, I mean, what shall I do? This man forgot that it was God who sent the sun to shine. All right? Photosynthesis to occur. It was God who sent the rain to nurture the soil. He had forgotten all of that, that God was the source. And many people today forget that very fact that God is a source. And he can at any time pull it. So he said, I will do this. Uh, I will will pull down my barns. And then I'll create bigger barns. I'll give up my two-bedroom house, and I'll go get a six-bedroom house. Ten thousand square feet. And when all the kids are gone, you're there stuck in it. And it's all going to burn. Anyway. He said, said, I I will pull down my barns and build greater ones and there I will store all my crops and all my food. And listen, listen folk, Jesus was speaking to people today. Because this is the plan, this is the American dream. Because you build up. All the 401k, you build up all that you can so you can be, you can retire and be self-sufficient in the future. That is not Bible. Because then your heart starts trusting in these things. And the devil knows how to use it to lower our distinctives. Listen to, listen to this retirement plan from this man. Jesus is teaching us a lesson here. He said uh, uh, th- this man said and, and I will say to my soul, soul you have many goods laid up for many years. Hmm. Take your ease. Go ahead and retire. You have everything you need right now. Even though the, 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 the pandemic is raging. Uh, you name it, inflation is off the chart. Guess you can't even purchase it. All of that might be happening to them, but with me, I got my Tesla. I got my solar panel. I got my well water. I got my garden with all the fruits. So guess what? I am self-sufficient. This is what this man was saying. I got everything I need. Neither man nor God can touch me. And then he said, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and what? And be merry. Enjoy life. But God said to this man, you fool. You fool. You have forgotten who is divine. You have forgotten who gave you all these things and you have appropriated them to your own self now this night your soul will be required of you then whose will these things be which you have provided the kids come and they take down the solar panels and they bring it to their house the grand nevic come and take the tesla are you following dead and gone in eternity Jesus is saying that's the fate of many who trust in themselves and who trust in this world's plan of building up man without me you can do nothing but you think that may be only for people in the world but when God looked at the church and he saw the church right before Jesus comes back. He likened the church to the later scenes. He was looking at his church. What kind of people are in there? And when he, when he came and he observed the church, this is what he saw. He saw people that said, because I am rich. This is church people. Because I am rich. And I've become what? Wealthy. And have need of what? Nothing. Just like the world. Just like this man with the field. He drink and be merry. No problems in the world. He's no, not talking about Jamaica. Jamaica have problems. I know you hear, you hear Jamaica no problem. Trust me. <laughs> there are problems there. So, so watch this. Watch this. Follow me folk. Just like the world. The church is reflecting that same self-sufficiency. And Jesus wants to tear it down. And if we stand up, act prideful, and buck against him, he will pull that life whenever he chooses. I am rich, they say. The church, church people, and I've become wealthy, and I've need of nothing, and do not know that you're wretched. He said, that you're miserable, that you're actually poor, blind, and naked. My, my, my. That's how Jesus saw the end time church. People who are living the same lifestyle as the people in the world. Going out there for stuff in order to find satisfaction in life. And security in life. The only security in this life. Is our relationship. Abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And he was talking to his disciples. And he's trying to help them to understand this. He knew it was the most valuable thing that they could understand. I love what one man said. This little vignette, powerful vignette, it's, it's about Harvard professor, uh, Luis Agassiz, Agassi. Uh, this was a, a, a well-known, reputable professor. People were always searching after him to give talks and speeches. And one day he was approached by this very influential organization to give a speech. And yes, Professor Lewis turned it down. But they came back at him and they kept coming to him. And this time they said, listen, we will give you however much money you require so that you can come and speak to this audacious body. Finally, Professor Lewis said, that's no inducement to me. I cannot afford to waste my time making money. Y'all quiet, man. Y'all, y'all. Man said, I cannot afford to be wasting my time making money. So many people are wasting their time making money, sacrificing the health of their children, their relationship with their children, and sacrificing their own personal health and sacrificing their relationship with God all because of money. Wasting time so that they could make more money. These sentiments from this Harvard professor rings loudly through the voice of Jesus. Jesus. That is not where life is at. No power is in that. If any power is in it, it's power if, if the people who know you have it so that they can come and get it. Those are the people who have the power when they know you have money. They try everything to come and get it. And then you live your life trying to secure it. Wow. Whew. That's the first observation. Second observation is this. That when it comes to branches and growing branches, Jesus was teaching his disciples that it's a two-way street. It's a what? Two-way street. Two-way street. That's what he was teaching them. Alright. Go with me to verse 4 again. Go with me to verse 4. John 15, verse 4. Listen to the text. Abide in me and I in what wow so we think that abiding only happens when we, when we reach out to Jesus alright or when we spend time with Jesus Jesus is looking at a two wheel street as you come to me I am coming to you are you following that's what he's trying to say he's trying to say as I, as I bear you all right. as I bear you up just know just know that it's a two-way street that you have to now reflect me it's both look at verse five go to verse five he that abideth in me and I in him look at verse seven if he abide in me and my words abide in you you, you see it''s, it's, it's a it's a Two-way street. We are coming to God, but God is also coming to us. We want some things from God, but God also wants some things from us. We require some stuff from God, right? God is requiring things from us too. The sad fact is in in our world today, many people want stuff from God, but they don't want the requirements of a relationship with God. They don't want. The him abiding in me. They want to just abide. But Jesus is saying, no, no, it's a two-way street, y'all. It's a two-way street. In fact, it's 100%, 100%. You, you give your all, I'm going to give my all. And that's what it means. He's trying to say this. Look, look at Galatians 4 verse 19. Paul said, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until... Christ be formed in you. So the whole goal is for Christ to be formed where? In us. Uh, look at Paul in Galatians 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ liveth where? In me. The light, And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, one, the, the next thing I, I observe here in the text is simply this that we bear, we bear Jesus Christ wherever we go when we abide in Him. We don't only wear Him here in church, you know, you know that, right? When you're abiding in Christ, you also wear Him in the workplace. Some people take off Christ when they leave the church doors because they know they're about to do some stuff that does not reflect Christ. And so they take him off. Right? They don't want Christ in them because they know if Christ comes in them, then they'll have to stop some of the stuff they're doing. They don't want Christ in them, but they like the abiding. They, they love to receive, but, but, but no, there's no giving. And Jesus is saying, y'all, he's teaching his disciples it's a two way street. We work together with the divine and he's telling his disciples it's now going to be me in you and if I am in you that means holiness is in your loins oh my that means, that means righteousness is in your grasp that means you got to walk like Jesus walked you got to talk like how he talked you got you to keep your body the way he kept his body you got, you got to worship God the way, the way he did. You have to treat your neighbors the exact way he did. We have a responsibility to bear as well. It's a two-way street. Last observation I see here in the text. In verse 2, we can go back to verse 2. I see something here in verse 2. Uh, Where we're abiding as branches. S- uh, as branches, there are two types of abiding. How many? Two types. We'll see them here. Go back to verse 2. All right? He starts with the first type of abiding. He says, every branch in me. Is that abiding? Every branch in me. That in me, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, A thought is linked to abiding. He could easily say, every branch who abide in me. He could say that, right? So he's talking about everyone. And he says, every branch in me that does not what? So the first kind of abiding described here is the abiding that doesn't bear any fruit. Are you seeing it here? Yeah. There's a type of abiding That does not bear fruit. And what does Jesus do with this type of branch? It's it's very interesting here. He says says here, uh, uh, he taketh away the branch, right? The word there for taking away. Oh, boy. Jesus is full of grace, y'all. I just love him because he's a God of mercy. Can you imagine the 12 that that he's teaching here? There are, there are 11 of these rascals, right? They're right before him. They're, they're, they're lacking faith, right? And one can't wait for the opportunity to get up and do his thing. And he knows all of this. But yet still, he's, he's treating them with such tenderness. And he's teaching them about this. He's saying to the 12 there's some among you right here before me are like this. And some are not. Are you following? And he's saying, saying to them, uh, there are some who bear it not fruit. He take it away. The word there for take it away is actually the word for lifting up. Because see, sometimes the branch is wounded. Sometimes there's reason why the branch is not bearing fruit. And what does a vine dresser do? When he comes to the vine, he looks and he sees a, a branch limping. So he lifts it up. Are you following? You know what he's doing? He's giving that branch another chance. That's what he does. And he goes around and he looks now and then he says, and every branch that beareth fruit, he looks at the branch and he says, wow, hmm, I see some fruit on that branch. Is what I'm saying? No fruit, fruit, but potential fruit. Are you following? Potential fruit. He just needs some healing right now. Are you following? He's kind of strained right now, but I'm going to lift him up. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody need to lift him up today? Amen. Jesus is there. He gives us chances to correct our direction. But I want you now to look at verse 6. It gets to the point after Jesus lifts us up. All right? We get to the point, if we don't heed his call. Verse 6, if a man abided not in me, he is what? Cast forth as a branch and is withered. If if we don't take Jesus' correction and change course, then that branch becomes withered. Are you following? To the point where it separates itself from the vine. And there's nothing that God can do no more. Nothing. Their, their destiny is sealed. And men gather them and cast them into what? Into the fire. And they burn. They burn. Wow. I want you to see the imagery there. The imagery is, is telling these, these men sitting before him. That you have an opportunity to change. Even now. He's trying to tell Judas right there. This is your opportunity to change. This is your last chance. I know what's in your mind right now. But I'm telling you. I am very God. And I can forgive it. Can you imagine? Last chance. The last call for Judas. He's withering. And he's almost gone. And Jesus sends this message of the branches. And Judas choose. Watch me. The the eleventh that stayed. Were they perfect? No, they weren't. They weren't. But what did they do with Jesus? They stayed. What's the word for staying? They stayed with Jesus. It's the one that left. He got up and he left. That's the one that I've withered, that's been cut off. Probation ended. Hurry up and do what you need to do. Let's get this thing over with, Jesus said. Mm. We see it in the church. Jesus is teaching there's a wheat and then there's the what? There's the tears. Uh, Some will be chosen and some will not be chosen. You see that they they all grow together within the church. But I alone can tell who are the withering branches and who are the healthy branches. Y'all don't go around looking at people saying this one is withering. That's not your job. That's the job of the vine dresser. Are you following? That's the vine dresser's job. Yo, look, at, look at what the Bible teaches us about, about how to detect this. The Bible says in Romans 1 verse 13, when the, when the vine dresser comes you know, and he's looking at the branch, uh, he can even see the branch bearing fruit, but the fruits are sick. You follow me? They're not healthy. So there's something wrong with the branch. And so he goes and he inspects a little bit deeper. And so, therefore, sometimes you will look at the fruits, and the fruits can tell the health of the branch. Are you with me? And so now, what are these fruits? What does the Bible call fruits? Well, Romans 1, verse 13, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, Paul said, but I often intended to come to you, and was prevented until now, so that I may have some Fruit, even among you, just as I already have among the rest of the Gentiles. In other words, fruit in the Bible is also reproductions of the disciples. When a disciple makes an, another disciple, that's the fruit. Are you following? That's the fruit. So Paul is coming back. He, you remember he planted these churches. Now he's coming back to see if he had many more churches. From that one church. Are you following? What is he looking for? He's looking for multiplication. He's looking for fruits. But also the Bible referred to fruits as this. Colossians 1 verse 10. That he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasings. Being fruitful in every good work. You hear that? And increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to the glorious power unto all patience fruit long suffering fruit joyfulness fruit these are all fruit are you following? and I love I love what Paul said in Philippians 1 verse 11 he said being filled with the fruits of righteousness holy living that's a fruit so fruit is character building and fruit is also multiplication fruit is maturing in your relationship with christ and fruit also means reproducing yourself in the life of others multiplication and reproduction that's described in the bible as fruits and so none of that is happening if we're not maturing as christians if, if we're in church and we haven't reproduced ourselves in the life of someone else, something is wrong with the branch. If, if all of our Christian life we look back and we, can't, we, cannot say, we cannot say with the help of the Spirit that God has worked through my life to, to, to actually change another life and now that life is now doing the same thing. If we haven't done that, There's something wrong with the branch. And many people, they settle for the Christianity where they come to church. That is not Bible. Coming to church is not scripturally. That's not the only thing in the Bible that makes us mature. That's just a part of our growth. There's so much more to Christianity. And when it's lived correctly, just like... The early disciples, they transformed the entire Mediterranean. So when we settle for church growing, sorry, church going as growing, it won't happen. We'll constantly bicker amongst ourselves, tear down one another. We'll constantly fight inside, and nothing happens outside. It's the devil's ploy to make people think that what's happening here in the United States of America is church. It's not church, friends. Church is filled up of branches. Branches that is a maturing person. Are you different today than you were last year? Are you a better person in Christ today as let's say six months ago, are you growing? And the best test of this, can your wife tell? Can your husband tell? Can your children tell? Can your coworker tell? That there's something attractive growing on the inside. Something that's within you that is really showing that Christ is living in you. If all of that is not happening, friends, guess what? Branches weak. And we need to be lifted. Amen? We need to be lifted. And hopefully no one will be cut off. Three lessons, and then we close. Three lessons. How do we abide? So, Pastor Harris, how do we abide? Yes, I, when I look back at my life, I don't see where I've actually made a disciple. I don't see where I've reproduced myself in the life of someone and now they're carrying on the work. I don't really see that. Yes, Pastor Harris, I'm still the same grumpy person I was 10 years ago. How, how do I actually abide? How can I make this abiding make a difference in my life just like it did in their lives? You remember they were fighting amongst each other. They're in the same room. Who, who, who shall be the greatest? Who shall sit by the right and who shall sit at the left? They were fighting amongst themselves right there. But all of that changed. When you enter the, God, the book of Acts, you see these, these men and these women, they're sold out for Christ. They're loving each other. And God is just pouring the Pentecostal spirit through their lives. And many disciples were made. Something changed within them. What did they do? Number one. Number one. You find this in the book of Acts. Very prominently. Now, I know we're in 2022, okay? But here is how you can abide. Bible before cell phone. I'll let that sit right there. I'll let you germinate on it. Bible before what? I got that from from Pastor Randy at Loma Linda. And that just blessed my heart so well. And you know what it is? Before you get up in the mornings and you know the first thing we turn to. Boom. Any notifications? What's happening in the world today, right? And all of that. And we spend the first time in the morning going through all of that stuff. Well, if you would practice. Number one, way of abiding. Bible before cell phone. Pick up the Bible. Is that hard to do? I know, I know what happens. I know I, I was a student for many years. And I'm still a student in, in some ways, even today. I know what it means when I, I would sit down and study for eight hours straight. I'd read these books and I'll study them hard, right? On and on and on. Sometimes I don't sleep. I'll go all through the night reading these books. If I can spend so much time on chemistry and not have... The drive to spend even a minute in the Word. Weak branches. Weak branches. Withering branches. It means that your affection is somewhere else. Are you following me, folk? It means that, hey, listen. Bible before cell phone. Pick up the Bible first before you go to the the life ahead. Are you following Spend some time with Jesus first. We see this with Jesus. What did Jesus do? I like what this man said. It it is so powerful. He said, we cannot get a suntan by moonlight. I know some of these things that that you're hearing today is a little bit deep. But I want you to catch it. You cannot get a suntan by moonlight. Have you ever seen anyone at night stripped down? Man, I, I need to get a tan tonight. <laughs> it's a full moon tonight. Can you imagine? Set out their lawn chair at night, elder, and ready to go sunbathe, right? Because the moon, moonbathe, I should say. No one ever get a suntan by moonlight. You know what that is saying? Many people depend upon the preacher to get their suntan. They depend upon all different kind of of other things rather than going to the actual sun. If you want to get a suntan, you go to Jesus. And you go to him directly. You don't have to go to Jesus through a man or a woman or a TV. Are you following me? You can go to Jesus just by yourself and that's the way he wants it. That's the way he wants it. I mean, some people devotional life is getting up in the morning and listening to a preacher. You're getting moonlight. You need to get the first hand stuff. That's what Jesus actually did. And I like how this this brother, he closed it up. He said, only the original source can bring the change we need and the satisfaction we long for. Only connecting with Jesus personally. And until we do that, we'll never get the benefits of tan. if there is any benefit, by the way. I don't know. Are there benefits from suntan? Well, um, I'll leave it right there. But but, but Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeded from the word mouth of God. In other words, this is your source. This is how you learn about Jesus because within this word, it cuts you. Isn't that what the Bible says? It cuts you deep, deep into the sinews. The word of God cuts. It's the same thing that the vine dresser does. He prunes the branch. Well what is the pruning instrument for the child of God it's the word of God and if you and I if we choose not to spend quality time in this word so God can prune us and help us oh friends friends the bible bible is saying the word of God is a pruning agent it is the pruning agent for the word of God is quick the bible says and powerful and sharper than any what Two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing sunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is, dis- is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Spend time in the word. Bible before cell phone. The next way to abide is this prayer all day can you remember that prayer what all day day. this is not a praying getting up in the morning jesus thank you i'm alive no 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 that's not the conversation jesus is looking for he's looking for a faith walk all throughout the day that's how you abide look at what jesus did Bible tells you how he abides. Bible says very early, Matthew, Mark 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark. While it was still what? Dark. dark. Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitude place to pray. I can see him every morning. He gets up. All right. The cell phone is not in his, be- in his bedroom. He leaves it right where it is in the kitchen or wherever. And he gets up, he's in the Word, and he's out in some solitude place where there's no distractions. That's what he's saying. How do you abide? You abide by spending quality time with Jesus, no distractions. He went to a solitude place to pray, that's what he did. He's teaching his disciples how to do it. How do you abide? You pray. You pray to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. This is is now Matthew 14, verse 23. He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So he was praying in the morning. What do you see him doing in the evening? He was praying. Jesus was prayer all day. That's him. He was always maintaining a connection with God. You know why? Because he knew he was a branch. He was connected to the Father. Prayer is key. Do you remember Daniel? How many times did Daniel pray? Three times a day. Right? Prayer is key. When you don't live this life by praying to God and talking to him, not only about yourself, but about others. There's so many things to spend time with God in prayer for. God is saying, listen, it's critical. It's critical. Daniel spent time in prayer. Jesus spent time in prayer. And then the last one. Presence before service. Did you hear me right? Presence before service. You see, a lot of people think that being a branch and being a child of God is because of service. And they serve and 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 serve some more. And they think, listen, this is being a disciple. But the truth is when you come to scripture, you have that Mary and Martha situation going on where one is just serving and serving and serving and saying that she's being a disciple because of service, but she's not spending time at the feet of Jesus. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying here? Service is not a substitute for presence. It's a substitute for abiding. We have to abide. We have to spend time with Jesus, and that is top priority. When we do that, that will drive our service. Ellen White said Jesus lived his life from the mountain to the multitude. Before you serve the the, the multitude, make sure you spend time in the mountain. I'm saying this for young people. I'm saying it for older people. This is how we live life as a disciple. And Jesus made it very clear. He left us without any excuse. We can leave here today and choose to do nothing about this and think that he will be okay with it. Are you hear me? Or we can say you know what? Jesus spoke to my heart today taught me how to be a a healthy branch. Now what's in my life that I need to change? What are some things that when I go home today I'm going to have to get rid of? How can I incorporate some things in my life so abiding with him becomes a sweet experience? Bible before cell phone. Pray all day. Presence before service. Close with a story. In fact, it's it's really a song. No, I'm not going to (laughs) sing. I'm not going to sing. I'm just going to read the words. But it really shares how valuable time with Jesus is. And how, how, when we lose it, and we don't take it as priority. It might never come back again. I'm sure some of you, as you know, know this song. But all I want to do is to have you focus on the words. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away and he was talking before I knew it and as he grew he'd say I'm going to be like you dad you know one day I'm going to be like you and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon little boy blue and the man in the moon when you're coming home dad I don't know when But we'll get together then. You know, we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come, let us play. Can you teach me how to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do, he said. That's okay. And he, as he walked away, but his smile never dimmed it said I'm going to be like him yeah one day you know I'm going to be just like him and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon little boy blue and the man in the moon when you coming home dad when you coming home I don't know when but we'll get together then You know, we'll get together then. Well, he came home from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, Son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and then said with a smile, What I like, Dad, is, uh, Can I borrow the car keys? You see, See you later, Dad. Uh, can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, son? I don't know when, but, but we'll get together then, Dad. You know, we'll, Dad, we'll have a good time then. I've long since retired. My son is moved away. I called him up the other day. I said, I'd, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I can find the time. You see, my new jobs, uh, it's a an hassle. And the kids have the flu. But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he had grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, son? I don't know when. But we'll get together then, Dad. We're going to have a good time. Then. The most valuable thing to Christ right now. Is his people choosing to abide with him? Now. Not then. Not when you get your act together. But starting when? Now. Do we have anyone here, maybe watching online, who would like to say to Jesus, I want to be a branch. I want to be an abiding branch. A branch maybe weakened. Maybe weakened. But a branch that can be lifted up. If you want to be an abiding branch. I'm going to invite you to stand. And you know you're, you're watching online as well. You're watching online. You can stand right there where you are. You can stand right where you are. Anyone wants to be an abiding branch. Knowing that we are weak and frail and God forgives sins and we have another chance to do right amen and that chance is now my hope and desire as I pray for the Garland Church family is that today would be a day when we all would become abiding branches Father in heaven thank you so much you're truly a good God and you only want to see your people live an authentic life what they are behind the closet is the same way they are in the church but father sometimes we allow the world to come in and to influence our minds differently than you have taught But I thank you for your word today in John 15. Because it's there that we see very clearly. What disciples should look like. And I pray today that today will be a defining moment in all of our lives. Where we will put as top priority our relationship with you spending time with you in your presence in your word in prayer where we will not allow the distractions of this world to take over our lives we are weak we are frail we cannot accomplish this without you and so today we are saying to you Father you are our vine dresser. Lift us up. Give us the power we need. Give us all the nourishment we need so we can be true branches for your sake and for your kingdom. Thank you for the word today. May you go with us now and forevermore, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings.